Abolition. Abolition. Slave is disgruntled, and it's time that he make it clear that he disgruntled. He done been justified by the federal government. He's been justified by his own documentation. He's been justified by his own conviction. Commit yourself to the struggle, man. Get in tune, man. Let, let's get at the table. There's some brothers at the table now, but it's a whole lot more brothers that need to come on to the table. Because it's going down. And it's going to be epic. But it can be magnificent, and it can be that phenomenon that they talked about in the Willie Lynch letter. That this will continue to go on repetitively unless there's a phenomenon to change that trajectory. We that phenomenon, man. That That's my message, you know. That's what I'm building on tonight, you know. Yeah. Lie, lie, yeah. On the plantation. Don't worry. I'll be there in a minute. Get on to y'all. Go. is this wrong and it's time that he make it clear that he just wrong I'm coming I'm on the front line cause I'm a soldier Watch closely by the vultures Seeking to find my culture Had a good run, now your time is over How long can America stand? Thought carried out like savages, man Born with no character and claim you discovered inhabited land No reason why you should care Who get told and you the scared Ask the Indians who was bad Saved your life and you took there Came out the cave, never prayed for us They prayed on us Obeying the ways the wicked wig Wearing slave owners the persecution frequent This dirty ship is sinking You must be drinking if you think it I got love for Lincoln History can prove what honest aim was thinking of you Go read his writings then tell me if you think he loves you 310 years laying under master's feet Emancipated but we still got our asses beat Dragged the streets but we kept on swimming in the hate Then spent a hundred more years trying to integrate So I'm saging the plantation rebellion, rebellion. I'm saging the plantation rebellion, rebellion. I'm saging the plantation rebellion. Come on. I'm saging the plantation rebellion. Let's go. Come on. Lay is this drama. It's time that he make it fit if he gets wrong. Check the time and what must be done, it's on and crucial. America is broke, the slave is no longer useful. They want you dead, they don't want nothing you bring to them. They try to cut you loose, so why you try to cling to them? They mistreat you, but you still do everything through them. You ain't gonna do nothing but protest and sing to them. Dance and entertain and show your bling bling to them. Good slaves say no matter how dirty the king do them. Don't understand it, you better become a fast learner. In February, how come they don't mention that turner? Said all we knew was savagery, yo, that's a fantasy. Make sure you know your facts before you try to challenge me. Study the history, no lies are coming out of me. What's the reason why the slave was not allowed to read? They acted cowardly because they knew your power, G. You need to know it, take them shackles off and follow me. So, I'm 
slaves and shit from it. And in time that he make it clear that he gets wrong. Quit doing them as God. Stop begging for a job. Let's make our presence known. Stop murdering your own. Fight to put down the drugs. Learn about who we was. Better get who we are. Descendants of a law. They still listen where you think all of the dope is from. They still listen. They just traded in the rope for guns. Selling depth in many falls, waiting for us to buy it. They still listen. They just bring up laws to justify it. Yo, what's up with the water and with the air you breathe? He cut you a little years ago. How come you scared to leave? How come you think you equal? You feel like life is great. How come you call yourself Americans to fight the hate? You fell for the trick, fell for that pack of lies. How come whenever they do something sick, you act surprised? Disillusion, cause he let you wear them suits and ties. Marry his daughter, wear same, but when he suits you, die. So, I'm saging the plantation rebellion. Rebellion. I'm saging the plantation rebellion. Rebellion. I'm saging the plantation rebellion. Come on. I'm saging the plantation rebellion. Let's go. Abolition. Abolition. You just heard imprisoned abolitionist, activist, organizer, kinetic justice, slave is disgruntled, and that was followed by K. Rhino Plantation Rebellion. Peace and welcome to Abolition Today a weekly syndicated online radio program with a specific focus on modern slavery as it is practiced through the 13th Amendment of the U.S. Constitution and by for-profit prisons worldwide. We air live every Sunday at 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 Central, and 4 Pacific. Live streams and archive podcasts are available at abolitiontoday.org and on all major podcast platforms. My name is Yusuf Hassan. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Max Parthas. Peace, Brother Max. Uh, peace, Yusuf. I'm here at the Park Up the Abolitionist Center in Sumter, South Carolina. And uh, between K. Reno and Kinetic Justice, I'm ready to, you know, do something. <laughs> Listen, Lake Plantation Rebellion, man, and Word. that's going to have so much significance with tonight's broadcast. Uh, so last week we uh, revisited the White Utopia. And we were joined by Riley Burton, lead organizer for Oregon's Measure 112 and member of the Oregonians United to End Slavery. They can be found at OregoniansUnitedToEndSlavery.com. Check out that episode. Also go to their website if you're in Oregon to find out more about Measure 112 and the push to end constitutional slavery in Oregon. So as we enter the final two weeks of abolishing constitutional slavery in five states, Alabama's Sir Kenneth Sharpton Glasgow, who is the lead organizer for the ASNN in Alabama and founder of TOPS, the Ordinary People's Society. He'll be joining us as well as uh, Kinetic Justice, who we just heard in the opening track. So you heard from Vermont, Louisiana, Tennessee, and Oregon, and in our sixth week, of an eight-week series will focus on the last of the Freedom Five, that's Alabama. 
We'll discuss the amendment to abolish slavery, unconstitutional conditions within the Alabama Department of Corrections, and show you how you can help abolish slavery in Alabama for the first time. And as always, we'll have some awesome music mixes for you to hear, and we'll bring the ancestors' words back to life for a new generation. This week, we hear spoken word poet Tribal Rain reading the 1850 speech, A Plea for the Oppressed, by abolitionist Lucy Stanton. So tomorrow depends on you. Let's make our envisioned future a reality. So before we jump into tonight's broadcast, I pass it to you, Max. Uh, I know you have a lot of updates to get into for the week. You may be on mute. Well, it's not a lot of updates. It's mainly one big update. You know, it was like kind of like a kid waking up on Christmas seeing all the toys that showed up. Um, right. Start, yeah, starting Friday, the abolitionist movement, the slavery abolitionist movement has gone viral. Uh, I mean, all over the mm-hmm. globe. We was looking through the Google searches, and it was New York Times. It was CNN, MSNBC. Uh, ABC mm-hmm. News, Al Jazeera, BBC, India News, China News. Right. It's like, wow. Right. And you look, every, almost every city in America has been publishing something about this because it is worth that print. We're talking about five states, y'all, are on the ballot to remove slavery for the not second or third or fifth time, for the first time. And it's blowing people's minds. And they are finally coming to realize what's happening. I mean, if you do a Google search for, like, any of the words, like, keywords being, like, five states on the ballot to remove slavery, you'll see it just goes on and on and on. The world is yeah. watching, and the world is talking right now. Uh, so that's been pretty amazing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you see? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's it's the biggest news, you know, and – just to think that it wasn't that too long ago that this whole thing started off. And like you said, it's all over the world right now. You know, I I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's, if it's all the way out in Indonesia. You know, I just, I stopped looking after a while because there was just so many articles. And I'm sure <laughs> right. uh, at some point you'll see a bunch of them. I mean, I I counted at least 40 at least 40 different articles about slavery being on the ballots and different issues. Some are just local, so there'd be several newspapers in Oregon, several in Vermont, several in Alabama, but the national and international publications, that's huge, being in the New York Times. And, I mean, it wasn't like some – anyone that's read the New York Times knows that those are huge articles that they put in the New York Times, you know, very long articles. Associated Press, whom most news networks pick up their news from, the Associated Press put it out. You know, and we right. have, you know, all types of celebrities and everyone just they're they're forwarding and they're retweeting and 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 reposting articles about it. So it's it's really huge and it's a lot of stuff that we're going to cover. Uh, but. The night is going to go fast. I already see we have a very crowded switchboard <laughs> already. So uh, I think everybody's here. They're ready, you know, to hear our guests. Well, we have the, both the, of our guests. There was one thing that I did want to share, and that was the 
article that came out of CNN was, I think, the best one for describing what needs to be done as far as voting. Like, it explained Alabama. Alabama's got a little confusing system set up for this particular right. provision. And Pastor Glasgow is going to break it down for us. And Louisiana, most of the publications have just been repeating a lie where they say that there's an exception to our exception. And that's not the case at all. There's a period at the end of slavery has been and involuntary servitude is prohibited. Uh, but they've just been repeating lies. CNN didn't do that. They actually put the truth of what the bill says, that slavery and involuntary servitude are pre- prohibited period. So I was very happy with how CNN covered it. That was awesome. Right. Uh, I just wanted to put that out there. So if you look for something to share, that would be a good one for sure. Um, so yeah, let's go ahead and bring our peoples in, man, because I've been looking forward to hearing from both of them, particularly Kinetic. I haven't heard from him in about a year, man. And you know, we go way back. Uh, so uh, let's do some introductions. Yusuf. Sure. So I would say, I don't even know who to start with. You know, I'm just going to do any, meeny, miny, mo. No one get offended. <laughs> but I'd like to start with Kinetic only because the brother is currently in prison and we know how things can change really fast there. Uh, please welcome to the show abolitionist activist, organizer, Kinetic Justice. Welcome back to Abolition Today, brother. And he was also on Live from the Plantation, which aired for 25, 28 episodes here on Abolition Today. So, Kinetic, peace, brother. Great talking to you once again. Peace and power, brother Yusuf. Peace and power and love, brother Max. It's good uh, to be back in the presence of, of some real men who's struggling for freedom, right? You know what I'm saying? It's a good thing to be back. As a matter of fact, it's my first uh, time being back on a blog, talk show, interview, or anything in the last 18 months. So, I'm glad that it was a we're here with y'all brothers uh, to make the, the reintroduction uh, of the real. <laughs> I know. And yeah, we started yeah. off right, too. Which, uh, you know, the, the uh, slave is uh, disgruntled, uh, you know? Uh, yeah, we, uh, we we very disgruntled in Alabama. We dissatisfied. That's what, that's what it is. Uh, we've gotten to the point of extreme dissatisfaction that we just so dissatisfied that um, we don't see nothing else to do but to express our dissatisfaction in an organized fashion. That is uh, awesome, and that is why you're staging the Plantation Rebellion. <laughs> uh, let's go ahead and bring in our other uh, guests for the evening, Brother uh, uh, Pastor Glasgow. Uh, you said? Yeah, absolutely. Pastor Kenneth Glasgow, who's the lead organizer for the Abolish Slavery National Network in Alabama, and he's also founder of TOTS, the Ordinary People's Society. Pastor Glasgow, welcome to the show. Welcome back to the show. All right, all right. Thank y'all so much, man, for having me on. And uh, I look at you all as being the informative people of this century and this season. I mean, if you're not listening to Abolition now, you're not listening to this show here, you might be getting some misinformation. I'm glad to be with my comrade and colleague and partner, uh, Kinetic Justice and Max. I mean, we don't even know what else to say about Max. Max has come on the scene and brought all of us together from all across the country uh, and, 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 nice. and addressed this thing from a different perspective to where it's really, really happening now. And we really, really are going after the 13th Amendment exception clause in the federal constitution in a real intentional way. So I thank you all, man. 
Thank you, brother. Uh, you know, we are as close to firsthand information as you're going to get in this movement because we're normally right in the middle of everything that's going on. And in that vein, I have a question for you. Just recently, uh, you, uh, there was a plantation rebellion, like the song said, where in Alabama, <laughs> the uh, brothers there uh, formed a work strike. And then uh, there was some retaliation behind that, too, uh, where they starved them brutalize people and put people in solitary confinement. You know how they always do. And you have the inside mm-hmm. and the outside perspective firsthand. Uh, so, uh, Brother Glasgow, he was on the outside organizing, and uh, Kinetic, he was on the inside. So let's start with Kinetic. Want to tell us a little bit about that? Uh, well, you know, Max, you know, uh, since we met each other, and that's one of the most beautiful things about me being here tonight, you know, since we met each other, this is exactly what we were doing when we met each other. We were uh, promoting, you know, that slavery still exists, and we were organizing around abolishing slavery once and for all, you know, and that was years and years ago. Uh, mm-hmm. In Alabama, you know, we continue to see uh, Pharaoh, you know, and the hard heart of Pharaoh, you know, no matter what mm-hmm. put before him, no matter what evidence is laid out, no matter what the appeal, his heart has been hard and you know, that's the nature of Alabama. Alabama has never done the right thing because it was the right thing to do. Uh, for the last 10 years, uh, since we've been organizing up on the different banners and so forth throughout the prison system, you know, we've had these same issues, and they've only increasingly, increasingly got worse. Uh, we got more sophisticated, and we started recording, and we started documenting, we started highlighting, we started exposing, and, you know, we built the case. Uh, for the federal government, and the DOJ came in and verified all of our claims and brought some additional ones. Uh, but the end of the story was that, you know, Alabama was running a slave, straight slave system. You know, there was no rehabilitation. Uh, they eliminate opportunities to go home, and it's just that you're a commodity. And that's the Alabama way, and that's that slave system that they've had uh, in, in the entire existence of this state. Um, after repeated requests for the DOJ to intervene and do something um, because we're experiencing a humanitarian crisis in Alabama. At this very second, um, we have over 207 deaths in 12 months. You know, we have a record number of overdoses, more in prison than in any city in the state of Alabama. You know, and people are dying. Real people are dying. More body bags are leaving out of here than people on parole. That's what I was saying a month ago. I stand corrected. Uh, yesterday, I seen that it was 207 deaths and 223 paroles in that same period of time. So they neck and neck, you know, ain't but one way out for us, you know, in a body bag. We're going to work you to death. We're going to drain all the resources from your loved ones who got to take care of you because you work for free. And then we're going to dispose of you. And brothers began to organize on the inside and communicate. That, you know, this was unacceptable. Why would we continue to hold this prison system up? I'm saying the court is shut down on us. We can't get out that way. The parole board is shut down on us. We can't get out that way. So why in the hell are we keeping the prison system running? It's the only part of the apparatus that's working, you know, because we are working. And, you got, you know, and part of our struggle throughout the years, we have been organizing around our labor uh, in a nonviolent and peaceful way as a means to, not just express our discontentment and dissatisfaction with these conditions and the situation, uh, but to be politically organized and to start effectuating change by exerting not just our economical power and our social power, 
but our political power. So, you know, right here at this juncture around election time, there was a lot of little incidents that could be what you could say the straw that brought the camels back. But in the end, we began to organize in a fashion uh, to use this time and this period uh, to make this expression that slavery is over. We ain't doing it no more. We, we refuse. We ain't doing it no more. And at present, we on a, a two-week pause, but October the 31st, we going right back down. Uh, we was three weeks in the first time ever that an entire state uh, has been on the same page, the women, death row, and all the men prison, uh, that for three weeks we were able to, in a fashion, make a statement that this is no longer acceptable. And following that, coming up on the election of taking slavery off the uh, out of the Constitution, you know, the timing just was perfect, and it's going to continue to be perfect, and we're going to keep struggling until uh, we make the state of Alabama unharden his heart and bring the changes that we need in order to be able to, you know, make it back home to our families and our loved ones in a productive fashion. So, you know, we trying to, you know, we trying to keep it moving. Well, I ain't going to say we trying because we don't try. We just do. We keep it moving in Alabama. I want to uh, move over to Pastor Glasgow, but before I do, I just want to ask one more question of you at this moment is, uh, were you, how did you, did you feel about the organizing that was done on the outside? Are you, are you happy with how things turned out? It looked like it was a real big event and a lot of people showed up. Uh, to speak. It, this was a, I guess you could say like a culmination. Um, and what was different this time that we had uh, a consensus, not just in three or four prisons, uh, we had a consensus in every oh, prison. And, and everybody, you know, took it upon themselves to send at least one or two people to stand in that place or to support, you know. So we had a beautiful turnout. And, I, you know, I take my hat off to Diane, to Christina, and to Nikki, you know, for being able to coordinate things and put things together. You know, Pastor Glasgow, uh, his expertise in trying to pull these events together. And we had a wonderful turnout. And I'm talking about the, the mindset of the people of Alabama is shifting. Uh, it's noticeable. You know, it's, it's seen. It's, the coverage uh, from the media was was beautiful. You know, it gave us a platform for the last three weeks where there's still a platform because they're still right. talking about it. And, you know, the chaos, the confusion that the ADOC is experiencing right now is, you know, is, is you can't even explain uh, what they're going through and, and the disruption of the economic flow and the cycle um, is crumbling. And we're watching it crumble uh, right before our eyes, and we're going to keep pushing until we see it fall all the way to the ground. Thank you, brother. Um, yeah, it was definitely a big one-two punch with us exposing that this is literal slavery and y'all showing how it looks. Um, that was very powerful and still is right now. Pastor Glasgow, you were instrumental in your, uh, you know, council and helping to organize on the outside. You want to tell us a little bit about uh, that end of it? So it was very, very strategic, and we worked it out. Um, we worked it out very, very well, we had to use, and you know, so to speak, some of the other organizers and put a different face to it, put the mothers out there, the sisters, the brothers, the aunts, the uncles, the sons, the daughters, you know, and not just us who are the advocates out there and the activists that they are known uh, that they, because they make us targets. So what we have done is let people see this is a movement. And we have been very, very good at, you know, educating people. 
So over since 2013, when me and Kennedy got together, we have been very, very good at, at educating people, letting people learn that these are people converting people's mindset, changing the language, that people have been people incarcerated are no longer uh, considered convicts or ex-felons or ex-felons. You know, don't allow them to classify us because when you use that, that's classism. And I oftentimes tell people that classism is just like racism. And folks will ask me, well, what do you mean? I said, well, calling me a felon just like calling me the N-word. Oh, but it's not the same. Well, it's the same hurt, the same pain, and it has the same effect. And so now we got people looking at it totally different. And since I won the lawsuit to where they can vote out of Alabama prison, we even go further now with the language and say, hey, these are not just people incarcerated. These are constituents now that you represent. These are voters now. And now that they have their voting rights, they are full-fledged citizens. Because people don't understand when you don't have your voting rights, you're not considered having full citizenship. And that's what makes the change. What makes the change is that we, we put the groups together. We start giving the families an open social forum out there in a group setting to where they can start putting pictures and letters and, and any questions that they have along with the guys on the inside, you know, with Connecticut and all of them, conversing back and forth with them, showing them how they're being treated, showing them how they're getting a uh, lack of medical attention and medical negligence like, like Scott Costello Vaughn. And we're seeing that. They started being a little bit more compassionate about it. They started understanding it the more. Because their media was painting a picture that was only given to them and narrated by the Alabama Department of Corrections. But when you have the Department of Justice itself that come and say, you know, I don't know what's wrong with our people, but it's like until the oppressor say it's wrong, it ain't wrong. Y'all understand what I want to say. I'm trying to be nice because Max Mm -hmm. told me to be nice, so I'm going to be nice. But, you know, our people just have a tendency that if if they didn't say it, it ain't right. (laughs) <laughs> but now the Department of Justice says this is inhumane treatment. They have violated the Eighth and the Fourteenth Amendment. So therefore, now it's all right for all of us to say it, you know. And you know, but my question still remains, even though we're on the outside doing the organizing, all of my question still remains. I had a long talk with my brother. He's, I'm going to help. I'm going to help. Okay, make sure. But where's everybody else at? Where's the church at? Oh, we only have one preacher there besides me. Where, 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 where's the Democrats at? These are your constituents now. They can vote for well, you. Well, we still wait for Al to do we, something. I ain't going to do nothing. You know, what, my brother, my brother, is definitely. I'm going to be honest with you. He's definitely been behind the scenes helping uh, you know, and, and he didn't want me to announce it publicly, but I am. He's been behind the scenes helping us out a lot, sending us a lot of different uh, venues, I would say, that has helped us a lot. But, you know, he's respecting, you know, like he always says, he's respecting his rank. And the criminal justice tops is the oldest existing, the first and foremost oldest existing criminal justice, voting rights and prisoners' rights organization in existence. All of the organizations that supersede us, they're civil rights organizations. I found the Thompson in 1994 in prison myself. Got out seven years later after doing a 14-year bid. I got out in 2001 and started Thompson's oldest criminal justice prisoners' rights organization. So he respects that. That's what that is. But a lot of people have helped. A lot of people have contributed. 
there's something I want you two to hear, as well as our audience that I have, mm-hmm. and uh, I want to hear your commentary on it. But before that, I want to put some things in perspective. We're talking about the Alabama prison system, uh, which is historically been a slave state. Um, they used convict leasing uh, to the highest level. They were one of the first states to put an exception clause in their constitution long before the 13th mm-hmm. Amendment came along because they knew exactly what they were going to be doing. And right now, key major correctional facilities that are approximately 182% capacity. Uh, at one of them, for instance, Kilby Prison has occupancy rates of 273% and 320%. Imagine that. You're talking about a, a slave ship made out of stone uh, and brick and metal, uh, basically, when you're talking about 300 plus percent capacity. And what's happening in those prisons, Uh, the brutality, the highest death rates in the nation, Um, drugs and corruption, slavery, starvation, uh, any horrible thing you can think of is happening in there. And what I'm going to play for you right now is something I snatched up around 2016, and it is the Alabama officials admitting that they are using these prisons as economic development programs. They don't give a damn about crime. If there's not enough people who are committing crimes, guess what? They'll just create some. But for them... Change the laws. Mm-hmm. That's right. So we're going to listen to that, and when we come back on the other side, I want to hear what you guys think about what you just heard. You're listening to Abolition Today, abolitiontoday.org. We'll be right back after this. Abolition, Abolition. Today. Today. You are now about to witness the strength of street knowledge. For the New Jack City Elmore County is ground zero of any prison reform efforts in the state. The county is home to five facilities operated by the Alabama Department of Corrections, which create a total of 595 jobs. Elmore has the most correctional facilities of any county in the state. The facilities here make up about 17% of the DOC's total employment. Chairman, give me an idea of what the Elmore County Commission is doing to preserve the Department of Corrections presence in Elmore County. Yeah, we're very focused on doing what's best for Elmore County and the citizens here. We have a lot of exposure uh, to the corrections uh, business here in Elmore County. We've got several prisons, lots of employees, and so we want to make sure that we're doing what's best for the citizens here and protecting our uh, economic interest and, and the jobs here. It's not just Elmore County that benefits from these jobs in, in the Department of Corrections facilities. That's right. We have over a $30 million payroll and over 700 jobs here. And many of those employees do come from surrounding counties, Autauga County, Tallapoosa, Coosa County, and Montgomery County. And so we recognize that this is a, a regional um, event that we need to uh, monitor and, and get the pulse of uh, throughout the legislative process. Saying the reform process is fluid is an understatement. The current bill has made it out of the state Senate and is up for debate in the House. It can be amended and changed which means a conference committee from both chambers must hash out the differences, and then each chamber must pass the cobbled-together version of the bill. Then it goes to Governor Robert Bentley for his signature, and legislative days are ticking away. Senator, you were key in getting the current prison reform bill out of the Senate into the House. Give us an idea of why you think the bill is going to work for the strengths. 
Well, there's a couple of key components. Uh, one is we did away with the design build aspect and went back to the current design bid aspect that we use in state government now. So that was a big, uh, a big win to try to get that out. Uh, but the biggest issue is, uh, especially with Elmore County, uh, in, in making sure that we keep those jobs there and uh, have that opportunity. Uh, the way the bill's structured now, uh, Elmore County has a say in what's going to happen. Uh, the original bills, they really had no say. It was just going to happen. Now we have some ability to affect the process. So that's a, that's a big, big win in the bill. Clyde, Elmore County's in your district. How important is it to keep all the prisons in Elmore County? Well, it's very important, but more important than that is the wardens who are there in those prisons, working in those prisons. Those wardens are the ones who are protecting us as a society from those who would seek to do us harm. I represent those wardens. So getting them and the prisons into a, a more secure, a more stable environment is very, very important because those wardens deserve to go home to their families every night. Now, what about the economic development for Elmore County? How important is that for the continued economy? It, it is important. And uh, if one of these prisons are built there, it actually would be an increase probably from around 400 jobs to 700 jobs. So it could be a significant economic uh, positive impact if, if, the, if a new prison is built there. You want answers. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Yeah, everybody wants to think that if they were alive during slavery, they'd be an abolitionist. Everybody wants to think that if they were active during the time of lynching, they'd be rallying against and trying to prevent lynchings. Most of us believe that if we were alive and in a position to march in the 1950s, we'd be on the side of Dr. King. But today, we're in the face of all of these problems. One in three black male babies is expected to go to jail or prison. Uh, there are these constant unarmed shootings, shootings of unarmed black people. And the question is, if we're not prepared to respond to these issues, if we're not prepared to act, today that I don't think we can claim that we would have acted any differently during slavery and lynching and segregation. So that consciousness for me is critical to creating our institutions, not just the press, but our courts, the police, law enforcement, our elected officials, uh, to think differently about this continuing legacy of bias and discrimination that manifests itself all the time, all the time, all the time. Abolition. Wow. Welcome back to Abolition Today, abolitiontoday.org with Max Parthas and Yusuf Hassan along with our guests, uh, Pastor Kenneth Sharpton-Glasgow and Kinetic Justice. For those who are just tuning into the show for the first time, that is what we would call a Max Mix. And that was Alabama officials admitting to using prisons as an economic development program. And that was followed by Brian Stevenson of the Equal Justice initiative. Brother Kinetic, I'm going to pass it to you first for comments on the track that we just heard. Uh, give me one second, Brother Yusef. Uh, probably like two, three minutes. Let me do this feel how I got to take the ad drop. All right. Well, go ahead. Okay, we'll go over to uh, uh, Pastor Kenny. Pastor Kenny. So listening to that, listening to that, man, it, let, let, me, let me be very frank and honest with you all. It's very, very Please. sad and disheartening that, 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 that to hear that. But it's the truth. It's not surprising what I'm trying to say. Because not only uh, do you hear that from, from uh, conservatives or ultra-conservatives, 
You can hear that from some of our own people who's supposed to be representing us. They got stock in the prison. They can't take campaign contributions from the same people that's trying to keep it at 120 or 150 capacity by coming in by buying bonds and, and, and selling bonds to the state of Alabama to build the new prison that they got to keep at 120, 150% capacity. Very disheartening to hear that, but it's even more disheartening to hear it from people that are supposed to be with you and representing you that's buying into it, looking at how they can get some of their friends, some of the plumbing and the electricity and the signs right. and the fence bills and all that, you know. And the then healthcare. to hear that we're in a time of human trafficking. We're in a time of people, you know, being commoditized. And after so long that slavery is supposed to be over, I think it's serendipity that now is the time that we're not voting for in five different states to remove slavery from the books. Then maybe we can move remove slavery from the mind because it won't be written and maybe it won't still be casting that spell. If y'all catch what I'm saying. Just uh, FYI, that was Chairman Troy Stubbs from Alabama District Three and Senator Clyde Chambliss who were speaking. Uh, and telling us this is what they're here for. They're here to build these prisons and make some money. Uh, the, we're not talking about chump change, just the building of the prisons and maintaining it. Uh, that's tens of millions of dollars, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but the contracts that go out, like KIV signed a contract with Wexford Health Sources, right? They were supposed to provide uh, health care to the inmates, 20,000 inmates. You know, that was a $360 million contract. And that long after that, one of the people who was involved with it uh, on the uh, getting paid side ended up um, uh, going to prison for corruption. You know, we're talking two hundred ninety million for one contract. Look at what they're doing with the COVID money. They got like two billion dollars for Alabama for COVID, and instead of using it to help the people who have suffered, they're going to take four hundred million to buy to spend on another prison. Uh, any comments on that, Pastor Glasgow? Whoa, 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 comments on that. Wait a minute, I got something better than that. How about here and yesterday, she just gave out about $2.8 million uh, for people that's going to be meeting, uh, 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 poor people that's going to be meeting the cold uh, coming in and need heaters and this and that and the other. It's very ironic to me that you care about people in the cold front that's coming in and all that and want to do that in two weeks before the election, but you just took $400 million in order to build new prisons after you you, you got uh, more deaths uh, than you had before the DOJ's lawsuit, after the DOJ just declared you inhumane? These are the practices that you want to try to continue? And it's being allowed. So to me, it's not only a slap in the face, but it's blatant uh, 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 it's supremacy. That's going on and saying, hey, this is exactly how we feel about you all, and this is exactly what we're going to do to you all. And ain't nothing you can do about it. Well, there's a lot of things we can do about it, and that's why you got the prison strike. That's why you got them voting out of prisons and, and, and jails and making a difference, voting people out. Because if we know, we, we're not going to continue to go for your tactics. Your, 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 your tantrics and all that that you do. See, and here's the other thing. The other thing is, you know, people up north that's listening to the show, I guess this is, I learned when we did the prison strike in 2016 
that they have a different concept of a perspective when we say that it's slave labor, slavery all over again and all. Because up north, above the Mason-Dixon line of North Carolina, they're behind a wall. But what they have to understand, and let's make it very clear, here in Alabama and all these southern states, Florida, where I did my prison time at, and in Alabama, Georgia, all these southern states, we are out there in the cotton field. I'm going to send pictures all over Facebook this week of the cotton field. <laughs> they ripe and ready. And I can just imagine the folks. But what you don't understand is that we are actually in those cotton fields with a man on the horse with a shotgun, with those chains on us, who's on our feet. And it's the exact replica of slavery. If you take a picture yes. of any of these prisons, then you will see they look just like the plantation. Yes. Mm-hmm. I see we have uh, Brother Connecticut back as well. Uh, Brother Connecticut, did you want to make some comments in regards to that admission of guilt of crimes against humanity uh, that we just heard uh-huh. from elected officials? Well, uh, Max, uh, just to, to to reiterate some of what uh, Greg Glasgow said is that, you know, this is not, that's not surprising. You know what I'm saying? These are some of the boldest people <laughs> that you will ever encounter. You know, I've been incarcerated 30 years, right at 30 years, and I've been dealing with uh, the mentality and the mindset of people in positions of authority in Alabama, and they have a sense of entitlement. Um, that no one has the right to challenge. You know what I'm saying? They uh, they don't hide too many things. I'm talking about they'll tell you straight up. You know what I'm saying? We don't care about you filing lawsuits about police brutality. You'll learn eventually that, you know, you can't get bonded out the moors. You know what I'm saying? We got people who going to pay the bills. You know, we don't care about you mm-hmm. all talking about that ain't right. We don't care about not feeding y'all. We'll let the world see we ain't feeding y'all. We starving y'all. We don't care. We don't mm-hmm. care what y'all talking about, what y'all got to say. You know what I'm saying? This is one thing I keep telling people about Alabama, that the first thing about Alabama you, you have to understand is that they are some of the most diehard, prideful people on the planet. I'm talking about they can be dead wrong, but they will not relent. They will not give in. They will stand firm to the end. They will do that. The next thing you have to understand about them is they only respect two things bloodshed and money that's all they respect they don't care about you filing lawsuits they don't care about you exposing them in the media they don't care about paying you fines and fees they don't care about any of that you know that's 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 irrelevant to them exerting they will over the people that they say they govern and control that these my people you know that these my slaves i ain't gonna let them go i don't care what happened look at the brother willie simmons the whole world been talking about his story for years. You know, he's been in prison 40-something years for $9. How crazy is he? I'm talking about Kim Kardashian, you know, different legislators from different states. Alabama don't care nothing about what you're talking about. He a slave. He $20,000 a month, I mean, a year, and that's $100,000 every five years. So I don't care what you're talking about. I ain't letting go of these slaves under no circumstances. And that's what people have to understand about Alabama, that it takes drastic things for them to do the right thing. You know, uh, lately I've been trying to give people context to understand that, you know, not just what we're going through, 
in prison because there's a lot of things that go on in prisons across the country that are similar to what we deal with. But we have a unique situation in Alabama. I'm talking about we have a unique situation because we have a slave master who has never even pretended like he let his slaves go. You know, in Alabama, they have not pretended from the beginning. In the 1860s, it took the federal government and guns to come down here to make them so-called release the bodies. And as soon as they got situated, it took the federal government to come down here for reconstruction. Then when they left, they had to come right back in the early 1900s to stop peonage. Then they left and they had to come right back with guns to stop convict leasing. Then they uh-huh. left and they had to come right back with guns to make them segregate schools. Then they had to come. Alabama is never going to do the right thing because it's the right thing to do. It's going to always take force. It's going to always either take bloodshed or money. And, you know, on the inside, we understand that we ain't in no position to be talking about no bloodshed with nobody. But we do control a whole lot of money. They are freaking shameless. And you're absolutely right. Uh, When they allegedly ended convict leasing in the United States, it was because of a cave-in in Alabama that killed 145, Mm -hmm. I believe, men, women, and children, black men, women, and children in there. And the world was like, oh, the hell with that. Right. Also, where did the last alleged slave ship end up? In Alabama, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, it's like Alabama is just shameless. They have no s to give at all about what they're doing because who's going to do something about them? The whole damn state is like Bull Connor. It seems like, you know. That Kay Ivy has taken on the name of being George Wallace. She ain't standing in the doorway Ooh. like he was, but she she's standing mm. at the mm. gate of our freedom. She the new George Wallace. The new George mm-hmm. Wallace. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pastor Glasgow, what do you think about that? Well, you know, I'm sorry, but I have to agree, and I'm not sorry because I do agree. And one of the things that make it even more uh, 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 <laughs> insult to in- injury already is the fact that we call ourselves a Christian state. You know, and I have to remind people all the time that don't forget that, you know, the KKK also called themselves a Christian group. So don't get don't get it confused. When you hear now right. family talking about being a Christian or the Bible Belt, you know these people are people that believe in Jesus, and Jesus was died and was crucified and convicted. Okay, on the but that is our faith. I'm a pastor. I believe in that, but I also believe in the same thing that they supposedly believe in in the, in the New Testament of the Bible that was written by. Paul, who was the most egregious and heinous murderer that ever existed, that hunted down Christians, that killed them. And he wrote one-third of the New Testament. Fourteen books of the New Testament he wrote while in prison. But yet you would look at somebody like Kinetic Justice or myself or somebody that began being incarcerated like we are beneath you. What kind of hypocrisy is that? And, and, and so I can't help but to agree that this is the new George Wallace. But there was an epiphany that happened with George Wallace, and there's an epiphany that's going to happen with Alabama. And that epiphany may come out November 8th. That epiphany may come on October 31st when they go back on strike. That epiphany may finally come when the DOJ decides to really, really do something. That epiphany might come because somebody's hearing us now and say, hey, let us go down to Alabama because let's not forget that until it became worldwidely known what was happening with 600 people that crossed that Selma Bridge with Martin Luther King, 
nothing happened. And it took them 10 years to get uh, the Civil Rights Act. Took them 10, 11 years to get the Voting Rights Act. We're coming up on that 10th year, Connecticut. It's 2013. Time is now. You know, uh, Connecticut, I, I want to pose a question to you, also to you, uh, Pastor Kenneth, but specifically to Connecticut, being that he's the one on the inside now. You know, when they talk, we, we often hear pushback when they say, oh, just removing slavery from the Constitution is just symbolic. So for you, for someone who's in there and you see the slavery, what do you say to the person that says that this is just a symbolic gesture? Well, Brother Yusuf, I, I agree with him 100% that it is a symbolic gesture. However, um, I have to explain to a brother with a little more vision, you can see that, you know, this is a, a, a stepping stone. This is a starting process. You know, nothing happens overnight. You don't put a seed in the ground and it becomes full bloom tomorrow. You know what I'm saying? This fight against slavery in America has been going on since 1555. Since black people came on these shores, they've been fighting to be free. And we are still fighting to be free. But I see it as a symbolic victory as well as a great step in the right direction towards completely eradicating, uh, as bruh. Glasgow said eradicating slavery and the exploitation and dehumanizing nature uh, from these people's hearts and minds. That's going to be the job. You know, putting it on paper is, is, is a beautiful thing. And you say it over and over, it becomes ingrained in the thought process of many. But there's so many in, in this state, I know, uh, that the hearts and minds, uh, it's going to be a while before we eradicate that and actually see the changes in the way that they deal with corrections. Um, it may be it may be the next generation uh, that really gets uh, uh, the understanding that slavery uh, shouldn't exist in any form and fashion because uh, the people in power in the state of Alabama, uh, yeah, we can get it removed from the Constitution, but I'm I'm about willing to put my life on it <clears throat> that in every policy and practice that they can find, uh, they'll continue to exert uh, that slaved out exploitation dehumanizing model that you know that's made them filthy rich. It's made them filthy rich, so it's going to be real hard for them to let go of it. But as a people in this state and across the country, I'm believing that this mindset shift that we're seeing, that this is a great step and uh, contribution to God to making that happen once and for all. Uh, indeed, brother. Uh, from the way we see it is that from the beginning, we've never seen a day where slavery wasn't legal. They've always leaned on these amendments to say we can do this because it says right here in our constitution and that's the supreme law of the land so we can treat you like a slave we can work you for free we can do whatever we want to do and i'd love mm-hmm. to see a world or a country where that a protection in your constitution no longer exists i want to see what happens after that uh and you know uh, you're also right about the cold-heartedness as a matter of fact we have a clip of one of your senators tommy tuberville who had a little something, something to say about black people particularly uh, and who we are and what we are. So I want to play that. Um, when we come back on the other side, we'll get your comments again, and then we'll open up the phone line for some questions. All right, you're listening to Abolition Today, abolitiontoday.org with Max Parthas and Yusuf Hassan. Today's guests are Pastor Kenneth Sharpton Glasgow along with uh, Brother Kinetic Justice. We'll be right back after this. Abolition. Abolition. And if you thought it was bad during the Trump presidency, well, 
It's gotten even worse since he left office. The past 18 months have been like racist Trumpism on steroids. Over the weekend, at a Trump rally in Nevada, Alabama Senator Tommy Tuberville spouted the same racist tropes about black people and crime that we heard 30 years ago. And just like in the Willie Horton ad, he began by blaming Democrats. Some people say, well, they're soft on crime. No, they're not soft on crime. They're pro-crime. They want crime. They want crime because they want to take over what you got. They want to control what you have. They want reparation because they think the people that do the crime are owed that. Bull They're not owed that. The people that do the crime are owed reparations. Note the cheers from the crowd there. And that was especially disgusting coming from Tuberville, a guy who spent decades working with black athletes as a head football coach at several universities. Yeah. Uh-huh. Alibamu Bantu. Habila. Bantu. No side, good gang, Alabama Bantu, oh, oh, keep on peace and love to the people, the people, to the one in the burning bush, the Kushite, death to the mic, how I'm looking what I write, my sight, over Christmas, I got vision like a Noah, go ahead, pour up, to the nether room, show up, and blow up, like this Baghdad, right side, red rag, mountain mid cag, put the bitch in the back, never lag, go to God, the narrator, fuck, I hate a grand dragon, slayers that design, not the play of the real rock, busting through all your sunblockers. Can't nobody stop us till we bring back the populace. I, I think I got it. Kundalini, the Holy Ghost. Nigga from the goat, that was stole from the Gold Coast. The crook for the cross, who determined your true or false. Found what was lost, crapper, you got most. Kabila, Bantu, 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 Bantu. The flow is acidic, but it don't melt it bills. I live by my yacht, you live the way you feel. I'm trying to build a legacy, you ain't got long to live. Alabama Bantu tribe, it ain't a lie we feel. They say only the strong survive, but that's a lie. Even the strong die here Dumb, deaf, and blind Even the guys can't hear The guy body don't see our season Don't care Cause the leaders ain't leaders They just lead nothing prayers Cause we still gonna strike Telling straight cats pay hey, up Telling our soul yelling quotes like Hey homie I got my weight up As for me I kept the balance today So quick question How you weigh up? As for me, I kept it balanced today, so quick question. How you weigh your band two, 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 band two. Back on abolition today with Max Parthas and Yusuf Hassan, with our guest Kinetic Justice and Pastor Kenneth Glasgow. That was a clip from MSNBC covering Senator Alabama Senator Tommy Tuberville, 
and that was followed up by Alabama Ubuntu's. Uh, Pastor Glasgow, I'll start with you this time in uh, taking re- uh, comments on the track that you just heard. First of all, I want to address the part about it being symbolic. And um, I just totally yeah. don't agree with it being symbolic because I've seen yeah. the results. The results are we changed 14 laws in Alabama, three in Georgia, two in Florida, one in Mississippi, one in West Virginia, and we got results. The Megan Williams case in 2007, we got results. Uh, right now on the absentee ballot, it says on there, I am currently incarcerated in prison slash jail and have my right to vote. We got results. So for to say that it's symbolism, no. I would often have to give the the uh, analogy that we use in Africa about the tree, a tree that we see now, that we look at each and every day. We don't realize that that tree may have been here four or 500 years. And when our foreparents buried that tree, uh, knowing it was a seed and knowing it was growth, they might not ever bear any of the fruit. They might not have ever got any of the harvest. But they knew that their children's children's children would get it. So, no, nah, I don't agree with that. Ripple I think that uh, we're doing a lot of great work. Yeah, we changed constitutions. Now, has that change had an effect yet? Well, I think you got to give it time, right? Uh, things don't happen overnight. Uh, but, uh, indeed, brothers, I, I would like to ask you a question first. We're coming up on our, the end of our first hour. You know, we have a two-hour program, and you're both welcome to stay with us the whole show. We would love that. Uh, but if you have, you only had an hour to spare, uh, let me know now so I can do the arrangements, and uh, we can do the rest. I want to give you a chance to speak if you plan on leaving. So, Kinetic, are you going to be here with us for a little while longer? I'll make it hang out for a few more minutes. Uh, I could be here for a little while longer, yeah. Okay, good. I, I want to give people great, a chance great. to call in and say a few things. What about you, Pastor Glasgow? Uh, I'm I'm here for the duration. I'm driving right now, traveling, so uh, I have no choice but to listen to Max. When Max <laughs> comes to me, I'm down. <laughs> and and Max, I got I got to, I got to, I got to tell you, Max, I, I appreciate the shout out. My brothers in the Alabama bond too. Uh, you know, we respect yeah, it, appreciate yeah. it. We got a new track. I got to send you this new track, though. <laughs> I got to send you this new track. Please do, man. Took a brother up. You know I was playing that because yep. you was here, right? Uh, one thing. <laughs> when when, I, when it came on, I haven't heard it in, in a while. So when it started playing, I said, I know he didn't. I know Max <laughs> ain't going. <laughs> you know how we go. That's what's up. That's what's up. <laughs> All right. Let's Shout out to OG God. Of, let's bring in a couple callers. Uh, we'll start with uh, Brother Curtis Davis out of Louisiana. Uh, who's the lead organizer there for Amendment 7. And he's been kicking ass and taking names, boy. <laughs> What's up, Curtis? Facts. First of all, let me say peace to Kinetic Justice. Bro, um, you do amazing. I mean, I've read, read stuff that my, my brothers in Angola sent me that you wrote um, proposals, propositions. You, you like a modern-day Thomas Jefferson, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And that's not no disrespect, even though he the, he the tail can boy or whatever. Remember, that dude was fly, genius, and it created um, something that people would have probably at that time looked at it as symbolic, symbolic. And now it's the United States of America. But he said at the root of everything that you, you're doing, you've got to have the words first to explain where you're headed, what are we trying to do, what is our legislative intent. 
with what we do. So remember, I just served 25 years, bro, in Angola on a real slave plantation with the knowledge that I was property of the state. This is a property law situation first. So what had happened, this is my question to you, and, and, and keep in mind what I've told you. I was directly, and I am still in your position because, bruh, my heart, man, I'm, I'm, man, I could be rich right now up in Hollywood, chilling, balling or whatever. Man, I've used all my intelligence because I cannot in good conscience walk away from my brothers and sisters who went through the same thing, being treated as subhuman beings, bro. In 2022, you are considered property of Alabama. That pains me. You understand what I'm saying? And I'm saying this can't be symbolic because we're saying we're going to obliterate a system at the root, right? So we got um, Amendment 7 right here. But tell me this right here. And this is the last statement. Harriet Tubman said that I freed thousands of slaves and I could have freed thousands of more had they only known that they were slaves. That's the problem around the rest of the United States. How did you combine all of the institutions? How did y'all get that synthesis? And what could you tell to my brothers that are in prisons in Louisiana who are listening right now? Um, what, what is the route to make this symbolic gesture real? How can we, what's the next step after that, Dan? Okay, uh, I'll do respect, bro. I, I, good to meet you, bro. And uh, I can identify with a lot of things you said because ain't no way, you know, I grew up, me, at 20 years old, I got life without parole at 20. And I'm going to be 50 now. And my family are these brothers. You know what I'm saying? I've bonded, I've lived. You know what I'm saying? This has been my family for three decades, these brothers. So I could never turn my back on them. I could never stop fighting to help. I could never stop. But first of all, you have to make clear that, you know, my history comes from some brothers who was doing this work. I was shaped and molded by Mr. Mufundi, a brother who was a black counselor through the 60s who got framed in COINTELPRO and was sentenced and died in Alabama prison. I was trained by James McConaughey on the politics and the legal aspects of this system and so forth. And they both instilled in me that we're not teaching you this just so you know it. We're teaching you this so you can help your people because you have something that the rest of them don't. And you can use that to bring these people together. At 21, 22, this is what was told to me. I would have never believed uh, what I'm seeing today. And, you know, that's all praise due to the creator, uh, that I understand that we the spirit of our ancestors and this struggle, like I said earlier, since 1555, we've been struggling to be free here. And I carry that spirit. I embrace that spirit. I acknowledge that I have that spirit. I have a burning desire to be free and a burning desire to see my people free. And that's been the work that I've been on for the last, like I said, 25 plus years that we've been working. And as a part of that working, uh, playing palms up with people, you know what I'm saying? We did legal work for free. You know, we really contributed to the poor. You know, we really helped the elderly. We did this for years, and it built up a respect uh, throughout the prison system. You know, that people respected the mind. They respected the vision of the brothers from Halifax County. And, you know, we were spread throughout the system. And over the years, uh, we learned that the legal Avenue wasn't going to be, you know, so-called profitable for all of us. 
you know, the courts were not going to really entertain uh, the majority of us. So we had to take our struggle to a different level, and uh, we start understanding about organizing and putting things down. But the most important thing we learned about organizing over the last 10 years was building relationships, networks with people. It's my genuine relationships with people. You know, most of the people who are head of the organizations throughout the Alabama prison system are some people that, you know, we didn't contribute to, you know, helping them in some kind of way over the years of showing genuine love, respect, and brotherhood. You know what I'm saying? As a part of the five percent, you know, it was our mission, you know, to want for our brother what we wanted for ourselves and to live out that reality and truth. And over the years, we have built a network and built relationships with people uh, where we could communicate openly, you know, we could disagree and so forth. And unlike a lot of brothers that are incarcerated throughout the country, Alabama is so corrupt that on the flip side of that, you know, we all got cell phones throughout the entire system. We completely connected, networked in every way. And we have these conversations about our conditions and situations, you know, on a daily basis. Uh, lately, uh, the last few months, uh, we've been noticing that um, Alabama has made an overt decision not to let anybody else out of prison. You know, the parole board is completely shut down. It's setting everybody off five years. You know, people who got five, 10, 15-year clear records that took every kind of program and so forth, and they shut the door on them. And this right here was something that all of us had in common. You know, the women at Tuckwiler, the brothers on Death Row, you know, the brothers all throughout the system. This was something that we had in common. We had a common issue that we could all organize and, you know, mobilize around. The fact that it don't matter what we do, they're not going to let us go. They, they, they explicitly telling us that we they slaves and we're going to work, work, work until we die and we ain't never going home. And from that message and that conversation, um, we were able to reach out to different places and different, you know, prisons, different institutions. Uh, like I said, we got connections at Tuckwild, connections on Delft Row and so forth. We plugged in and it became a general conversation that, you know, what are we going to do? Are we going to sit here and die? Are we going to sit here and accept being treated as less than human? Are we going to accept the fact that we don't have no kind of human respect and human dignity? Are we going to accept that? And it didn't take a long time for people to really gravitate to understanding that, damn, they did just say we ain't going home. That dude that was teaching the TC program, they set him off five years. The dude who was instructing the drug program, he ain't did nothing in 20 years. They still set him off. So the reality that Alabama's so cold-hearted that they put it right in our face that we don't care nothing about y'all. Every time we got going to be towards building a bigger prison to put y'all in. We don't care what happened to you in them fences. As long as it happened behind them fences, they can kill you, beat you, you can die. We don't care. And we built off of that, and we organized around that. And that right there was the central theme that, that everybody organized around and that everybody gravitated to, the fact that we can't go home no more. So we ain't got no choice but to come together in a unified front. We ain't got no choice but to put the crip blood beef to the side. We ain't got no choice but to forget that they killed Lil' Tony. We ain't got no choice, you know, he's he gay or he a rat or, you know, he whatever. We ain't got no choice right here. We all going to die right here if we don't come together in a solid unity and make a statement as one. And 
it worked out for us. You know, outside, inside, you know, a lot of lot of the push came from uh, we had organized a couple of wives and girlfriends and got them to make videos, you know, directed to people incarcerated, you know, telling them how many sacrifices they make, what it's like to travel up and down the highway, what it's like to, to, to experience that denial, what it's like when you go to SIG. And, you know, I believe that one of the strongest impact came from these women that it resonated with all of them, that they all got a girlfriend, they all got a mama, they all got somebody out there. And these people were able to bring words into a picture to show what these people's family were going through. And it, it carried the day. And we just so they, understood. They emphasizing, right? Mm-hmm. So look, um, and man, when I tell you my guys are listening, and not just them, they're listening all across the country because the historical things are happening right now. And you got a good ally with Pastor Glasgow, you know what I'm saying? You, because it takes an inside-outside effort, you know. And while I was locked up, I didn't understand how much is really going on to distract you out here in the world. And that doesn't mean necessarily, though, that we can't reach back and pull our brother and we make that our life's work. So Glasgow is one of those guys. So that's a blessing, you know what I'm saying? And to get the intelligent um, ones like you that had that, that upbringing, so you for a manifest destiny now, a new manifest destiny. And so um, Max, man, everything has been going super good. I know you told him that our, our, our movement is viral now. Um, every yeah. uh, publication on the planet are talking about Alabama, Louisiana, Vermont, Tennessee, and Oregon. You understand what I'm saying? And just a few weeks ago, they we, we couldn't get uh, any kind of headway. So, yeah, this, the planets are lining up, brother. Go tell the brothers to continue to do good work and that soon what people think is symbolic is going to be a manifest destiny. Um, I'm turning back over to y'all, man. Peace. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Peace. Peace. Uh, let's go ahead and bring in one more caller. Uh, Sister Corinne, I believe that is. Uh, you're on Abolition Today with Yusuf and Max. Hi guys, how are you? Hi fellas. Peace. Hi. Hey. So, um, the Associated Press also did publish an article regarding uh, the five states, and they said something that was interesting, and I wanted to pose this question. They said that Alabama is asking voters to delete all racist language from its constitution and to remove and replace a section on convict labor that's similar to what's in Tennessee constitution. Um, how far is that from the truth, and what is being asked from Alabama voters? That's a good question that I really wanted to ask Pastor Glasgow so he could clarify. Uh, Pastor Glasgow, there is some confusion with the ballot in Alabama. Could you help us clear up that confusion? So first of all, uh, thank you for asking that question and, and giving us the opportunity to clear oh, that up. By the way, Sister Corinne is uh, from Vermont, one of your fellow states in the Freedom Five. She's been working towards getting that done in the state of Vermont. All right, Freedom Five, Five Alive. So one of the things that we got to clear up is that we have to, first of all, ratify the Constitution. See, what a lot of people got mixed up on is in 2020, we voted on changing the language, and we voted on ratifying, and that was Amendment 4. So when it came up this year, everybody was like, okay, it's Amendment 4, it's Amendment 4, but it's not actually Amendment 4. 
What we're voting on is to ratify the Constitution, and then we have to go and vote for Amendment 10 in order to accept that we voted a yes for the ratification. Ah, so they got to set up two different areas. And the ratifying of the Constitution is not actually numbered. It is before the first ten amendments. So before Amendment 1, there's a clause there, a paragraph there about ratifying the Constitution as it was as it states in previous 2020, this and that and the other. And then in number 10, it says that we're going to come back and we're going to accept this ratification and go with the 2022 Constitution. And the 2022 Constitution is actually the changes of all the racist language. Now, I understand your question very clearly. I don't want to confuse anybody anymore. But we are very, very concentrated on that change in what that language is. Because let's not forget, when I won the more turpitude lawsuit in 2008, to where people could actually vote out of prison, it wasn't that they get their voting rights back. It was that according to the Constitution, they should have never lost their voting rights for 106 years. Uh, Do you hear me, my brother? Yeah, they should have never lost them at all. So we got the longest Constitution with all these different amendments, and now we got to go back and ratify them and then erase all the racist language and, and clarify them, so to speak. If there's a one place in the section on convict labor, what is that um, regarding your ballot initiative? Okay, what According did you just say? I, mi- I missed you. They'll be replacing it with the same language that we have in the other states that says slavery uh, and involuntary servitude is prohibited, period. Exactly. So that'll be exactly. no more be- except. Okay. Exactly. Okay. And that's why Max and that's why Max made sure that he got me on top of it so that there won't be no mishaps in that area. Because we right. know that Alabama is known for watering down, compromising on negotiating. If y'all caught what I was just saying. Because <laughs> we know who do the negotiation, right? But anyway, that's why I'm on top of it, that it is totally prohibiting slavery at all, at all costs. So when the prison strike came up and the voting came up at the same time, and I'm looking at this, I know it had to be an act of God. Because right now, what is more, you know, when you got the DOJ in a lawsuit that's saying that we are committing inhumane acts on people that are currently enslaved in Alabama prisons, then guess what? You've got to take away and prohibit slavery altogether in the involuntary servitude. So that's exactly what we're going for, and we have the backup now, the lawsuit and all that's saying the same thing. See, people don't understand, and I'm going to give you this. Max is the only one that I revealed this to. And me and Kinetic talk about this all the time. It came from a brother we call Shaka Zulu, one of the organizers on the inside. He told me, he said, Pastor Glasgow, you don't understand. The Constitution contradicts itself. I said, okay, tell me how I do that. He said, the Eighth Amendment says there should not be any cruel and unusual punishment as, as, as a means of punishment. He said, but the 13th Amendment said, no man can be held under involuntary servitude or slavery except the by form felony conviction as a means of punishment. He said, what's more cruel and unusual than slavery? Max? 
No, you're absolutely right, and thank you for clarifying. So remember, you've got to go and uh, vote. It'll say, shall the following recompilation of the Constitution of Alabama of 1901 be ratified? So you've got to ratify that first by clicking yes. And then you go to the next one, which is Amendment 10, and then you click yes on that. Is that correct, Pastor Glasgow? That is totally correct. That's totally correct. And that's the way we have to do it. We got sample ballots and everything that will be going across the state of Alabama this week, and everybody will be able to know how to vote. Uh, got Kinetic and everybody passing it to the folks on the inside. And one of the things that people got to understand, even though in your state, for those of you that's listening across the country, and having one like like we have down here uh, where I won the lawsuit, they can vote out of prison. Even though they can't, remember this, there's two or three different people that are supporting them in prison. And uh, one of the things Kinetic started to coincide with my Free to Vote campaign and my Let My People Vote campaign that I started and that was adopted in Florida to get Amendment 4, he started the Vote for Me campaign. So we're asking people that's incarcerated even in your state, if they can't vote themselves, to get some of their family members to vote for them. Thank you, brother. Uh, listen, if you're tuning in and you want to ask a question or comment, the number is 515-605-9814, 515-605-9814. Remember to press 1 on your keypad so we know you have a question or comment. Uh, we have a limited amount of time for callers, so uh, try to get in as soon as you can. All right, I see we do have one. So, Two nine oh one. Uh, welcome to Avenue. Yeah, I think that's Sister New Babe, maybe. Sister New Babe Brown. <laughs> yes, hey man. Oh, peace, Sister New Babe Brown. Welcome uh, back to the Hey, program. peace, peace. Peace to welcome you, back. brothers. Um, thank you, thank you. I've been listening. I haven't been able to uh, tune in, uh, or haven't been able to call in in the last couple of weeks, but. I first just want to say, you know, big up. Thank you so much again for holding down um, abolition today. It is absolutely invaluable um, for the people. So I appreciate that. And um, want to say hello to Pastor Glasgow. Um, it's really um, it's wonderful listening to you. Um, and Kinetic, is Kinetic Justice still here? Uh, yes. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. I am, Miss New. Peace and blessings. Yes. Peace and blessings to you, uh, brother. I am so in, I am so happy to hear your voice. Um, I'm sorry under these circumstances, but I just I wanted to let you know um, that you know a, a lot of through the work that uh, Max and Yusuf have been have been doing um, that um, I am going to. The first thing I want to tell you is you were the first voice that I heard saying that they're in here, we are slaves in here. And I had just um, been starting to understand that slavery was existing in this country. But I, 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 my brain could not actually articulate that clearly, even though you said it very clearly. Um, and this was seven, eight, maybe nine years ago now. Um, so... Um, I'm just I'm so, just so grateful uh, for you, and I want you to know that I have a radio program. I got to hear um, I got a call from from one of your brothers inside that is um, that is part of this strike, and um, we are going to be uh, airing that show um, this Thursday that's coming up. 
and also putting it in our newspaper, the San Francisco Bayview National Black Newspaper, um, which I think you may know about. Uh, but I just want you to know that we are completely on your side and um, grateful for everything you're doing. And um, we're going to make sure that we are a part of this in a way that, yes, moves it from symbolic to real. So thank you. I all definitely, you. on behalf of myself as well as all the brothers throughout the, the system, you know, we take our hats off to the support we've gotten over the years from the San Francisco Bayview. Uh, you know what I'm saying? And just to have y'all support, continue support, because it's been going on for years, and y'all have, you know, been right there to, to give us uh, the exposure, you know, to put our information out and to keep people informed about the things going on in Alabama. So, you know, first and foremost, I, I, I extend my gratitude to you and the staff and team at the San Francisco Bayview. And I just hope that, you know, we can continue to work uh, side by side to what we have and and one day to be able to sit and look back on the work that we did and documented uh, for historical purposes. But it's good to hear you as well, Sister uh, Lou. Right, definitely. We are side by side. <laughs> for sure. I, I was telling that to Curtis today because, you know, he's out there right now speaking before like 40 some odd different nation, uh, nation, nations activists. Uh, and I'm like, record, 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 man, because this is all historic moments. You know, you're walking in the foot of the ancestors, and, and you're being blessed right now. <laughs> so, yeah, Absolutely. try to document right. as much as possible. And it, we depend on our independent media, who have always been our allies, to make sure that they let people know what's going on. Because this is critical. We might not get this chance. Hey, Max. You know? Yeah, Brother so, Max. Uh, did you know that the Bayview Press um, is um, is responsible for publishing the articles and essays that are in my compilation of essays, book, Slave State, Evidence of Apartheid in America? <laughs> I, I wrote that. Uh, all those essays while I was in prison. And they well, were you're talking um, to the published editor right now. <laughs> internationally. That's it. You know who I am. <laughs> And I got to give a shout out to him too Because uh, you know When they came after me with that uh, Facetious capital murder charge And the charges they coming after me now uh, You know San Francisco Bay was the one that said Oh we know that it was coming Because this is a pattern And start showing different patterns of different leaders That they attack and how they attack So I got to give you your props because you're the first one and only one that came out with that, and that's what Asha Bandelli used to help set up my defense. I'm still going through all that, but we know, like me and Kinetic talk about all the time, we signed up for this. You know, they attack Kinetic. You know, his eye right now, I don't know if you want to talk about it, but you can. His eye right now is messed up behind the attacks and all. They're coming after me and said, if I don't take their federal plea, they're going to come after my 76-year-old mother. But do we stop? No. That makes us sacrifice even more. Because like we told them, this is what we this is what we signed up for. This is what we do. So if it means us getting attacked, if it means us going to jail and have to lay down for a minute, if it means us going back to prison and Curtis, I know you already with me, then this is what we do. We fight for our folks. So now do. people don't need they to say look struggle at it like it's like yeah, and people don't need to look at it like it's something uh, disheartening. We need to start letting them wear it as a badge of honor. Our crimes are not yes, a badge sir. of honor, 
that our suffering for our people is definitely a badge of honor when they come at us with fictitious crimes. Amen. And San Francisco Bay puts that out there, and I thank you for that. Well, what we're going to do now is I got one more caller I want to take in. After that, I want to play a track that's basically a, a mix of uh, Connect Justice dropping some jewels, um, and then we're going to go for our final comments for the evening after that. So let's bring in 86861. I believe that's Gina. Mm-hmm. Peace, love, and blessings, my abolition family. It's Gina with Epic. Hey, Kinetic. Peace, First time I've heard Jenna. his voice other than on Facebook. Um, <laughs> hey, Yusuf. Hey, How Curtis. Hey, Pastor Kenneth. I'm doing good. Hey, um, actually, yesterday, yesterday I was uh, at an event for, uh, it was actually the, and I always butcher the E name, so please, no hard feeling. The African, uh, hold on, the African Methodist Episcopal? Episcopal? Y'all know where I'm going Episcopal? with that. Yes, yeah, there we go. So there was an event held here in Ohio, uh, in Cleveland, as a matter of fact, at the Renaissance Hotel, and it was bringing together the AME churches of Ohio, Pennsylvania, and Kentucky, actually. Um, so we had all of these pastors and reverends, you know, they were, we were all under one accord, uh, the other organization I've been working with, I'm on their steering committee. It's called B- Building Freedom Ohio. Very powerful organization focused around collateral sanctions and abolishing slavery here in Ohio. What do you know? Finally have some help, right? Um, and you guys know I've always, cl- I've always claimed Ohio to be the Alabama up north. Um, a lot of the things that have been going on in Alabama, actually Kinetic and Swift were my first um, eye-opening experiences as to what was really happening inside the prisons. You know, we see things on TV all the time, but we don't really know what's really going on in those prisons. So I do. I salute them wholeheartedly for just taking the risk that they take just to provide that information to us so that we are able to take it and run with it and show people, like, what really is happening inside, right? Um, but the AME churches. Um, and I know they're different throughout the United States, but here in our area are actually um, changing their focus going back to collateral sanctions and abolishing slavery. So they had an event. Um, there was probably about 250 people there. And then after the event, we had a gospel jazz um, brunch. And there was, we had Chantel Brown there. Uh, Joyce Beatty was there. She's the Congresswoman for Ohio. Uh, we had just some pretty powerful people there. Um, and I really feel like, you know, Max knows I've been, last year he thought Ohio had it. He thought we had, we, we, he, he was, you know, more, you know, we got this, we got this. And I, I was kind of dreadful just because of just how things were playing out. However, I know this coming General Assembly that Ohio will also be one of those ones that are on the ballot. But I just want to say, Kinetic, you are amazing. Don't give up. Keep pushing that information out because we need that stuff, right? Um, the fight doesn't end just with the five. Like, we're going to get every single state. Like, I totally feel that. And I just want to say keep up all the great work that you guys are doing. Um, you know, even up here in Ohio, I'm rooting you guys on. Um, anything you guys need from me, please do not hesitate to reach out. Um, you know, we're in this together. Together we rise. Together everyone achieves more. And I just want to tell you guys that I'm extremely proud of everything, Abolition Today, Abolish Slavery National Network, all of the the efforts from every single state coordinator, like we're really moving things. And and as you guys said earlier, this this wasn't even, we were having a hard time getting someone to publish any type of anything about abolishing slavery, right? They didn't want to touch it. 
And now it's like every single day, you know, we're going on Facebook, we're, we're looking at our news break and it's all about slavery. So I just, I just really want to tell you guys that I love you guys so much. I'm, I'm very honored and privileged to be a part of this fight. Um, And, you know, we're not going anywhere. We're going to, we're going to keep being on board until every single state ends the exception in their constitution. But I just want to tell you, you guys give me so much hope up here. Really. In Connecticut, you are not alone. Amen. Amen. I appreciate that. Respect, respect, respect. Yeah. And this Pastor Glasgow, I'm so glad to hear you say that about the AME Church. uh, Because the AME Church here in Alabama not only signed on, but they partnered with us. Totally. And one of the, yeah, and then Florida, because we got it coming up, Florida, uh, me and Max got Representative Hart. She's already done the resolution. Senator Williams already signed it. So Florida's going to be on the ballot next year. And so we're working on other states as well. I'm going after Georgia and all that. But the AME Church come to the realization, hear me out, because I know you heard it in the conference you just left, that Richard Mm -hmm. Allen, who's actually started the AME Church, one of his ten principles was abolishing slavery and addressing Ace, the yes, that was brought. Yeah. yeah, that was definitely talked about. And then even like the ACLUs, you know, we were having a hard time with, you know, we we've talked about this before. Sometimes our own ACLUs of our own state, they were kind of wishy-washy with what they're willing to touch. And I just reported to Max uh, not long ago. I've been working with ACLU on a bail initiative, uh, bail initiative here in um, Ohio, and kind of told them like, look, I'm not willing to organize, you know, not that bail reform is necessary, right? But, you know, we have to piggyback off each other, right? If you want us to work with you, you, we need you to work with us. So ACLU had actually just recently got a hold of me wanting me to connect them with people who have been formerly incarcerated and did work for OPI and, you know, other prison labor type jobs. They're actually starting the database now. It won't be ready until February 2023, but that makes me remain hopeful because that'll be at that point where we know our senator will be reintroducing legislation. So we're this, this time around, this is EPIC's third time around fighting this initiative. It's Ohio's fourth. This is Senator, senator Thomas's third as well. We've been in this since the beginning together. This time around, I know, knock on wood, we're going to succeed we're, we're because we're five steps ahead already creating that platform yeah. right now to put that pressure. I want to bring in one more caller, um, and then we get into that track and final comments. So <clears throat> uh, our other caller is going to be Sister Savannah Eldridge, the lead organizer for the Abolish Slavery National Network. Savannah, welcome back to Abolition Today. Hey, guys. Hey, everybody. Uh, good evening. Um, hey, I just Savannah. to call in and show support. Um, I've been listening, and um, I'm just so excited and inspired to hear everybody, especially uh, Brother Kinetic, uh, keep your head up. I know you've been weathering the storm, but uh, you remain strong, and you're such an inspiration to so many of us uh, inside and out. So I wanted to just uh, show my appreciation for you. Pastor Glasgow, thank you for uh, leading the efforts in Alabama. Like the rally in Alabama, the one that just passed was just so inspiring. Like so much solidarity. There were, I, there was so much going on. Somebody shot a rap video at the rally. I mean, it was amazing. And if we can duplicate that and amplify that in each state, 
I mean, I'm I'm to the point now where, like, I don't care who wants to work with us because at some point they're not going to have any choice but to acknowledge the work that we're doing and jump on board. That's right. So that's where I'm at with it. I just want to say thank you to everybody, really everybody on this show, because I know there are some regulars, Karen, Dina, Curtis. Like, thank you guys, and um, you guys inspire me, and I just know we can do this. So thank you all for your work across the country. Yeah, about to make you, a brother. Oh, we, respect, we respect their work. You know? so, Sister Savannah. <laughs> Sister Savannah, Alabama love you. We love your support. We love you. We respect everything you do. We thank you for coming all the way over here to check on us. We definitely appreciate you. Yeah, we always got you. I, I love your dedication and your humility, man. I, I love you because everybody tell you, you know, I got a, I, I'm a sharp and I got a sharp tongue. And, and, and you endured it like it wasn't nothing and kept your eye on the prize. And like, let's go. I'm not thinking about that. It's about what we got to do. And I was like, Max, I like her. She going to make it. She all right. So I love you. I just want to tell you nationally, I love you and I thank you so much, man. Because I get so many people that claim the fame and act like they bought this work. And time, they get a little bit of pressure applied to them. What's in them comes out of them. And it don't be the work. It be something else, but you are mm-hmm. love you. Mm, well, uh, I, I want to go ahead and play this track, which, as I said, is uh, Kinetic Justice. You dropping some jewels as always, and these clips came from your time when you were hosting live from the plantation right here on Abolition Today. Uh, when we first started doing that program, I was like, I don't know if y'all gonna be able to do this for more two or three shows before they shut you down. Right, ended up exactly. Uh, a couple dozen of them, and uh, if you haven't checked our archives for those that series, you really should, because this is the voices of people on the inside speaking about what they think and what they want to do and how they wanted to organize. And uh, we were proud to have it. It's very revolutionary. So this is another Max Mix I call Get Em, and it's live from the plantation with Kinetic Justice. You're listening to Abolition Today, abolitiontoday.org. We'll be right back after this. Abolition. Abolition. You won't say it. I'll say it. Because I ain't scared to say it. I ain't scared to say how I truly feel. I ain't scared to to present the conclusion of my analysis of a situation. I can stand firm on what I say. Because I was taught to research, research, research before you speak. So before I say anything, you can believe one thing for sure. I done did the one. I done did the research. I done did the knowledge on I ain't just talking to be talking. I don't even like doing a lot of talking. But somebody got to say what got to be said. Because everybody mumbling to themselves about it. That ain't going to get it. It's time that we suit up, boot up, and make the ADOC feel our pain. Well, as the brother said, we redistributing the pain. You've been giving me pain and hell for 500 years. It's time that we get tired. I'm trying to stick and tired and get some reciprocity. The African weight. Is reciprocity, man. You got to give somebody what they give you, man. They've been giving us hell and misery, man. So why in the hell we ain't reciprocating? Like, like what? Like, like, like a chance, man. Whoop that trick. Whoop that trick. Get him. Whoop that trick. Get him. Whoop that trick. Get him. Whoop that trick. Get a whoop that trick. Oh, she hit a whoop that trick. Get 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 a who
down and find our own humanity. You know what I'm saying? We have to identify with the humanity in these brothers, even though they're in their low right now. Because we need We need every able-bodied man on these plantations to come to full understanding of who you are and what the situation is. And, and you know, man, your post. It's time to run it. You know what I'm saying? You know, these next 30 days, you know, we push it. You know, circulating words through all these plantations. You don't care what it is, you do. The call is just made for something. Be in something. Read. I'ma make these suckers recognize I ain't playing hope. If you violate off the top trick, you gotta go. Out of hell, getting a lot of shit. And I'm about to flip. Now I think it's time to show you bitches who you fucking with. Everybody on this line and anybody in ADOC know that the brothers from Halifax County that sued every administration and every prison, every governor. We've been, been doing this for years. And we still right here going through the same thing. Because the enemy, and when I say enemy, I'm talking about the one who's trying to snuff out your life, gave you a system to correct what he did to you. So surely, this system is set up in a way to preserve and to perpetuate this system phone. So you ain't no need to expect the channels of the courts to work for us. It was created by the people who are in power in order to preserve and ensure that they stay in power. So you know the game that we play by appealing to these judges who we know don't care about us or our life, but we get into that, you know, that hope and maybe he might do this, he might follow the law and, and then when it come back they deny it, you know, now you don't care about nothing, now you don't care about going home, you finna crash out, you gonna kill somebody, you know, all this stuff, you be emotionally caught up in a situation and you know what the answer is before you even get it, but you still hoping for it. We all been there. We all been betting on the court system to be able to vindicate. Uh, you know, I can prove what the DA did. I can prove what the judge did. I can prove what the jury did. But they don't care because you're just a number to them. You're a commodity to them. You're not a person. So, you know, they're not trying to release, you know, $25,000, you know, a year for nothing. 
You know, that don't make business sense to them. So, you know, they got some avenues, you know, and people tell you, you know, don't do it this way, don't do it that way, that ain't the right way, this and all that. Those are, you know, you know, reinforcers, you know, collaborators with the white supremacists. And, you know, some conscious, some unconscious. Some your loved ones. Some of them your loved ones will tell you not to try to get free a certain way. That that ain't the right way to do this and the right way to do that. You know what I'm saying? It's my loved one, I want them free. And I don't really care how you get free. I just don't want to see one of my loved ones going through this and crap being in box and somebody telling them what to do and treating them like an animal. Nah, I want you to be free by any means necessary. Get them. Abolition. Abolition. So welcome back to Abolition Today with Max Parthas, Yusuf Hassan, our guest, Pastor Kenneth Sharpton Glasgow, and Kinetic Justice, and a whole host of ASNN and slavery abolitionists from all over the country. And man, I got to really give it to you for that one, man. Ah, <laughs> Let's hear what the kinetic right? What you think, man? Yes, man, kinetic, man. I, I pass it to you first. You, you just started that yeah. clip. We, actually, let's do it like this because we, we only got about six minutes left before we got to get to our final Oh, yeah, meeting. true. So wow. Where did the time go? From our guests. So, Brother Kinetic Justice, we'll start with you. Hey Max, all I can say is I feel the exact same way. I'm saying I yeah. can't. I, I know that that had to be in 20, late 20, or maybe uh-huh. uh, the beginning of 21 somewhere. But I feel exactly like that today. I feel exactly 100% just like that. That you know, this is this is insane. That you know, what I'm saying by any means necessary, you know, we got to change this. You know, we got to draw the line in the sand. You know, saying you either with us or you against us. It's to that point. Um, and I just, you know, I'm glad you played it. It took me back, uh, and it, it's reassuring to be to know that I'm still, you know, on point. <laughs> I'm still feeling the same dissatisfaction, and I ain't gonna stop for nothing. You know, uh, brothers on brothers on the inside in the Alabama bond too gave me a award. They passed out an award to me uh, a couple of weeks ago, and the award was I get the puff daddy. You just won't stop award. Cause I just ain't gonna stop. <laughs> I just ain't gonna stop. Uh, we want to thank you Can't for being stop, here with won't us today, stop. brother. Kinetic justice, and uh, as always, we're here at your disposal, man. Uh, this is a place where you can let your voice be heard. So uh, let's do that. All right. I definitely appreciate that, and I and I and I would definitely be back. God bless, brother. All right, let's go over to Pastor Glasgow. Although I think we might have lost him. Is he is he there? Pastor Glasgow. See, he's, he's, yeah, he's, he's still there. Still, yeah. Oh, there Pastor you go. Glasgow, I'm, I'm, just Glasgow, still, I'm still stuck on whoop that trick. <laughs> I know, right? I, 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 I remember that too, right? Yeah, I remember <laughs> when he did that, man, and, and it was the heat of the moment, man. But there's some, there's some stuff that I want to really wish y'all could hear when we first started back in 2013. But anyway, I just want to thank y'all, man. And I want us to just take a minute and vibe off each other. Because as I'm sitting here listening to Kinetic, I'm listening to you, Max. I'm listening to you, Brother Aslan, and everybody. And how you brought all us back together. San Francisco Bay and all that. And Curtis, it's such a time as this, as this man. We're here. And he's using us to change America. 
We're going to be the Sojourner Truths and the Harriet Tubman and the Matt Turner and the That's right. Marcus Garvey That's and right. all that, that they're talking about. They're now choosing to talk about when we're dead and gone. I want us to grasp that. Because if we grasp that, then we'll move this needle a little bit more intentional, knowing that not only are we here at this time, but God chose us to be here at this time together. I want us to hold that. We have an opportunity now to change America, to address America for its ill, its hurt, and its pain that it has caused our ancestors. But we also get in the time that we could get America to heal itself. I don't want to do like Malcolm X and say the roosters coming home and crawl, but I do want to say that it's a time for them to heal themselves. <laughs> Amen, brother. Amen. Right. You know, and we're just the change agents <laughs> by any means necessary to help them get down. Thank you so much for being here with us, uh, Brother Glasgow. Uh, always appreciative of your efforts and work um, and your steadfastness uh, all these years staying on point. Um, we're going to yeah, go I'm into. Yeah, I was. Say what? Well, I was going to say. Oh, we're going to go into our sponsor section. Thanks, our sponsors, and then we're going to finish finish off with some beautiful spoken word from Tribal Rain and a heart touching speech uh, by Lucy Stanton. Uh, it's amazing, and it, trust me, you want to hear this. The voices of the ancestors are speaking through us, just as we're walking in their footsteps. Brother Yusuf. Oh, I, I almost yes. forgot there was one other thing I, I did need to say. Um, the uh, 8 p.m. on the 26th, I'll be live on Facebook at facebook.com slash one the number one, along with Emily Shelton, Kenneth Hunter, and Jennifer Dalton. Uh, they're uh, going to have me come on, and we're going to talk about this issue. So if you got some time on Wednesday at 8 p.m., Eastern, 7 p.m. Central. Uh, check us out. Uh, and one other thing, I'll be in Tennessee on the 29th, Tribal Rain and I, uh, with our family out there uh, in this abolitionist effort. And we'll be speaking at a couple of events. So stay tuned to our pages so you know uh, where you can come see us at. All right. There you go. Is it? Yeah. So we definitely want to thank our sponsors and partners, Jailhouse Lawyers Speak. The I Am We Ubuntu Prison Advocacy Network, SEMA Urge, that's Quakers Uplifting Racial Justice, the Paul Cuffey Abolitionist Center, Prismatic Dreams, and the Abolished Slavery National Network. Remember to subscribe to our YouTube channel. That's youtube.com slash abolition today. That page, you'll find all the music information that you hear on the program. Also, make sure that you uh, check out our Abolition Today page on Facebook because we have a lot of uh, articles and different information related to tonight's topic and, you know, the five states that are on the ballot. We're also available on all major podcast platforms. So if you have trouble listening on, you know, on the site, you can go to any of those platforms and catch the archives. Uh, also, you can text in the exception to 52886. In the exception, that's all one word, no spaces, and follow the prompts. This will send a signed petition on your behalf. Be a congressional reps in support of the 28th Amendment to repeal and replace the exception clause in the 13th Amendment. But most importantly, 
make sure that you check out everything that's going on with your voting locations uh, for November 8th. There are two major cases, especially in Alabama. We didn't get to cover it tonight, but two major cases that are going on in Alabama and Louisiana where they're trying to do a lot of redistricting. So when you go to make sure, check now. You can check, find out your correct polling place, make sure your correct information is there because we know that they're trying to do all kinds of things to stop this movement. So stay on top of that. That will be my announcement. One other announcement, be sure to tune in Sunday, November 6th. You know, tune in every week, of course, but make sure you're here November 6th because we'll be joined by Tina Wyatt. She's the great, great, great grandniece of Harriet Tubman. And we'll also have representatives from the Freedom Five, Vermont, Oregon, Louisiana, Tennessee, and Alabama as we have our final meeting as a group before the November 8th election. So this night, tonight's uh, Bridging the Gap will be Tribal Reign, reading Lucy Stanton, Stanton's A Plea for the Oppressed. And that will be followed by Eden Inspirations, Sound of Freedom, featuring Lissy Ladigan and Alton Eugene. So we'll be back next Sunday, God willing, with another masterclass on slavery abolition. So until then, think about abolition today. Peace and blessings be upon you all. Abolition. Abolition. Death breathes upon the flower and is gone. Now thou canst feel for the slave mother, who is bent with the same interest over her child, whose heart is entwined around it even more firmly than thine own around thine. For to her, it is the only ray of joy in a dreary world. She returns weary and sick at the heart from the labors of the field. The child's beaming smile of welcome half banishes the misery of her lot. Would she not die for it? Ye who knows the depths of a mother's love, answer. Hark, strange footsteps are near her dwelling. The door is thrown rudely open. Her master says, there's the woman. She comprehends it all. She is sold. From her trembling lips escape the words, my child. She throws herself at the feet of those merciless men and pleads permission to keep her babe, but in vain. What is she more than any other slave that she should be permitted this favor? They are separated. Sister. Have you ever had a kind and loving brother? How often would he lay aside his book to relieve you from some difficulty? How how have you hung upon the words of wisdom that he has uttered? How earnestly have you studied that you might stand his companion, his equal? You saw him suddenly stricken by the destroyer, and oh, how your heart ached. There was a slave girl who had a brother kind and noble as your own. He had scarcely any advantages, yet stealthily would he draw an old volume from his pocket and through the long night would pour over its contents. His soul thirsted for knowledge. He yearned for freedom, but free soils far away. That sister might not go, he stayed with her. 
They say that slaves do not feel for or love each other. I fear that there are few brothers with a pale face who would have stood that test. For her, he tamed the fire in his eyes, toiled for that which profited him not, and labored so industriously that the overseer had no apology for applying the lash to his back. Time passed on. That brother stood in his manhood's prime as tenderly kind and as dearly loved as ever. That sister was insulted. The lash was applied to her quivering back. Her brother rushed to save her. He tore her away from the fastenings which bound her to the whipping post. He held her on his arm. She was safe. She looked up encountered the ferocious glaze of the overseers, heard the report of a pistol, felt the heart's blood of a brother gushing over her. But we draw the veil. Mother, sister, by thy own deep sorrow of heart, by the sympathy of thy woman's nature, plead for the downtrodden of thy own, of every land, and still the principles of love of common brotherhood in the nursery, in the social circle. Let these be the prayer of thy life. Christians, you whose souls are filled with love for your fellow man, whose prayer to the Lord is, oh, that I might see the salvation among the children of men. Does the battle wax warm? Dost thou faint with the burden and heat of the day? Yet a little longer, the arm of the Lord is mighty to save those who trust in him. Truth and right must prevail. The bondsman shall go free. Look to the future. Hark, the shout of joy gushes from the heart of earth's freed millions. It rushes upward. The angel on heaven's outward battlements catch the sound on the golden lyres and send it trilling through the echoing arches of the upper world. How sweet, how majestic. From those starry isles float these deep, inspiring sounds of the oceans of space. Softened and mellowed, they reach earth, filling the soul of harmony and breathing of God, of love, and of universal freedom. Darkness has to pass The light has come at last And we will take our stand With open hearts and willing hands And we will see freedom for all Tell the prison walls to fall We'll respond and hear their call Here and now 
My name is Jeanette Smith. I am a slavery abolitionist. Some of you may know me. I'm doing this recording because I would like to ask if any of you can help with some financial assistance. Max and Yusuf do not like to ask for money, so I would like to ask on their behalf because they and other abolitionists pull money out of their own pockets, and this is so important. So if you can help, you can find the information at the top of the Facebook page for Abolition Today. Thank you. If we'd known you all were going to be this much trouble, we would have picked our own fucking cotton. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.